Hey, folks, if you're listening to this right now, it is uh, it, this episode of Scales Needed. We spend an extended period of time just taking wild swings at what could possibly be the changes for the new game seasons. And, uh, well, it turns out that literally while we were recording, I got the news and I didn't see it. So we uh, speculate out of our asses and sometimes we're close and sometimes we're real far. But real either far. way, <laughs> there's, real fucking far. there's a bonus episode that you can find on Arm & Hammer TV, both as audio and on as video on the YouTube, where we have gotten together and are specifically just discussing the changes. So be sure to check that out, but enjoy the episode, and we'll catch you next time. Welcome to this episode of Strong Arm Noodles. Strong Arm Noodles? Wow. That's that's like a, uh, what is it, a oxymoron in m- multiple words? Right. Too many words? I feel like it's... Uh-huh. Perfectly represents what I bring to the table. That's right. Yep. Strong arm noodles, or is it just noodles that were procured in a robbery by like a Joe Pesci oh, type shit. character? Yeah, that's right. They, mm-hmm. We strong armed oh! these noodles. He strong armed the noodles using. Yes. yes. Okay, I get it. I've been yeah. weaned. Crushed mm-hmm. it. Nice. Strong mm-hmm. arm noodles. By the way, is from at Tenna Withers. Yeah. On Instagram. Thank you very much. That's a good one. That is a very good one. Um, and I'm I'm uh, I'm starting to get to the. Uh, bottom of the library of sand names. Mm-hmm. So if you're listening mm. to this uh, and you've sent in a sand name that we haven't used, I probably have lost it. <laughs> so send it to me again or send a different one. Just send it either to the show or send it to me on Instagram or put it on, on uh, YouTube or wherever. Just comment it somewhere. I've lost them because Instagram has this function with the comments where I forget stuff. So. <laughs> <laughs> It's, uh, Correct. it's designed that way. That's exactly I, what's I going know on. That. Um, mm. You know, guys, before we jump right into the fitness talk, because I do want to jump right into the fitness talk, Hey-o. Cliff teased us with a story, a story involving nudity and work. Oh, yeah. Well, involving computer nudity and work. Already, though, when I plugged it, I'm thinking, wait, I am still employed at this place, so perhaps <laughs> I shouldn't. But then again, no one at work listens, and it's not that big a deal. Mm-hmm. Anyway, so I was, uh, you know, slightly later to work than usual one day. The, For reasons. What will, the reasons will emerge. <laughs> the reasons will emerge Context, as, the, uh, as the story uh, unfolds. And so, you know, I had my computer in my bag. Uh, uh, sit down at my desk there and my desk uh, we're in an open office environment where there's infinite space behind me and I recall actually on that day it's like the current uh, CEO of the company was amongst the people who were in like my immediate proximity behind me there so I uh, uh, slapped the computer <laughs> on the desk I just want to I'm a little late so I'm kind of in a hurry so I want to fairly quickly get into all the computery business flip it open type in my password oh there's Pornhub video right there Whip. <laughs> very quickly close it so there's <laughs> Pornhub open with uh, and the video was some version of ass up with the you know pink vagina on display <laughs> right there so God it was God. all so many details <laughs> unmistakable uh, porn you know so but then then came the interesting un- Dilemma. Ambiguous porn. Yeah. So then came the interesting dilemma. Now I don't think anyone saw it, but 
the, then the interesting dilemma is uh, how does one open one's computer at work <laughs> when to merely open the screen and shut the window requires opening it? As it turns out, it Take involves it to the bathroom. It involves exact no well, it involves walking around the office holding my computer, which I've never ever done before. Uh, then standing in a back corner of the room <laughs> and <laughs> opening it and turning Very it off. Inconspicuous. No. Someone, someone who I, <clears throat> someone who I, I dated and might still be dating, though I won't name them. Uh, told me the story of being in college and opening her uh, laptop computer in a crowded uh, auditorium full of students, and it started making loud porn sounds immediately, and so she slammed her laptop shut, but whatever variety of laptop was did not stop the sound, so she opens it back up, and the one thing, and I've bitched at her about this before, she opens it back up, but now her screen is locked password protected, and she has the most long and complicated Ooh. password that's like 18 characters and long. And now she's under pressure. And now she's under pressure, and it was apparently very, uh, very silly. So, um, yeah, that does present an interesting uh, dilemma, though, for, for, for companies, especially after an event, like if there are a bunch of layoffs or that's something like that. And there's a bunch of laptop computers that now have to be, that were belong to employees that now have to be returned. Uh, and pr- I sup- pr- presumably repurposed uh, at, the, at the company because really they should be divided into two piles. You know, one, uh, com- computers that belonged to female employees, which can be repurposed. <laughs> and com- then computers <laughs> that belong to male employees, which have to be burned in a furnace. Because... I- all these female computers were probably used predominantly for work, whereas all of the male laptops uh, are masturbation machines. <laughs> <I> also, <laughs> mostly, mostly, mostly used that. during during pooping time yes. and and for masturbatory purposes. Mm-hmm. I think I think the best way to deal with mm-hmm. it is is how my college roommate, my sophomore year, mm-hmm. dealt with it. He uh, he had just gotten a tablet mm-hmm. for the first time ever, <laughs> and he had it in class because he was carrying it around with him everywhere. Mm-hmm. Nerd. And he, he pulls it out of his backpack. Classes like in the middle of session, like the teachers, like whatever. And I go and I went to a small college, like twenty people in in the class. And he pulls it out, and it's instantly just full volume, just <laughs> pound town. <laughs> and everybody like instantly like it's small class, so they all turn to him. Mm-hmm. And, and he's like cool as a cucumber. Goes, you know what it is. <laughs> and then he just closes the window, mm-hmm. and he doesn't mm-hmm. even flinch. Man. I wish I had that level of confidence about anything. In that my is life. pretty boss. That's pretty incredible. That's a pretty incredible uh, coolest thing he's ever done. Size of his balls, right there. That's mm-hmm. you know what it is. I don't. Uh, I, maybe I've told this story on the podcast before, but it reminds me uh, of a thing. So I was in one of those big. Stop me if I have. But I was in a big auditorium, uh, full of students. It was one of the early, like the intro to film. Like it was RTF three eighteen, which was this class that like everyone has to take if you're a film major at UT. And it was a huge auditorium, so it's like hundreds of people. A guy comes in and sits down next to me, and uh, you know, f- um, just a, a friend, an acquaintance who was also in the class at the time. And he just starts talking randomly, uh, and he's saying, like, yeah, man, buddy at his bachelor party, so we went to the Yellow Rose last night. Uh, Yellow Rose, for those of you who live outside of Austin, is a uh, famous Austin strip club. So he's talking about going to the strip club. He says, yeah, it was really weird, actually, because... um, Yeah, so I ended up, you know, like, the guy, like, the best man, like, bought... uh, you know, lap dances for everybody. And so this girl was giving me a lap dance. And like, while she's giving me a lap dance, she asked me like, so, uh, what do you do? And he's like, Oh, I go to school. And, uh, and it's like, well, wait, where? And he's like, oh, I go to UT. 
Oh, she's like, oh, cool. I also go to UT. And uh, and then she's and she's like, what do what do you study there? And he's like, oh, I, I'm a film major. And she goes, I'm a film major at UT. Uh, and so. Uh, and it's a small department, folks, for it, context. There's but, not that many people but that, in it. That's, but that's, but that's here's, kinda, but no, no, that's a but hold on, hold crazy on. coincidence. But, but here we go, here we go. But this, here's the thing is, in furtherance of the remainder of the story, it is still a very large department. This, this, this one class has a couple hundred people in it, and this is one class of freshmen. So it, it's, it, it's a big school, big department. So, and, that, and like, that's crazy. And then she's like, oh, cool. And then she starts, apparently, according to him, maybe this was embellishment, I'm not sure, but he says, uh, and then she was like, oh, well, you know, uh, you know, maybe we should hang out or work on a project or something at some point. Like, this is while he's actively getting this lap dance and she is semi-nude or nude. Um, and, uh, and, she's, and I was like, there's a girl in our... And I'm asking, like, I'm just like this, just, I'm like 18, so I'm just on fire with hormones all the time. Like, did... did did she say what her name was? Said, yeah, I said. I think she said her name was Virginia, but that's obviously like a, a stripper name. And it was it was Virginia, by the way. I'm not just adding this for color. It was that was the name. It was a very unique name. This was before it became hip to name all like babies' grandma names. So I'm like Virginia, clearly a fake name. Uh, again, we are sitting in the back of a class full of 200 people. So, uh, the professor then begins to talk to her two or three TAs who do the, most of the teaching in sections. And she's like, uh, she's talking to her TAs about distributing the test papers back to them, uh, back, back to the class, various things that had not yet been returned, a small handful of things, maybe four or five different papers. So she turns to one of the TAs and shouts across the room. She says, uh, Hey, Sam, uh, can you give this paper to Virginia? This is not 10 minutes. No fucking way. If it were writing, if it were fiction, it would be bad writing. That's too that's if too it much. Was too much of a coincidence. So we both lean forward. We're in the back row of this big auditorium. There's just uh, you know, a very nice, humble, unassuming looking girl in a fucking cardigan. At least that I think I'm putting the cardigan on her retroactively, but she exuded the presence, or sorry, she exuded the essence of cardigan. Um, and so she's sitting down there. She gets her paper. And again, it was Virginia. That's a weird fucking name that I'll definitely never hear again, and certainly <laughs> not today, to Virginia. And then the wheels turn, and we both look at her. And I turn to him, and I say, like, is that the girl? And he's just staring. He's, I, I, th- I think it is. And again, she was far away, blah, 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 blah. But cosmically there could there couldn't be two virginias and this couldn't have happened yeah. and yet it did in fact happen i wish there was some sort of follow-up but that in itself is the whole of the story actually uh there is a follow-up in fact those two went on to write and direct oscar award-winning movie midnight yes perfect yeah. so mm-hmm. that's uh, mm-hmm. there we go Congratulations yes. to Mahershala Ali, Kyle's <laughs> friend, as well as Virginia Woolf. You were trying to say Moonlight. I Moonlight? Think. What did yeah, I say? Yeah. Midnight. You said Midnight. midnight. <laughs> See, I don't uh-huh. even know. I don't know anything. I was racking my brain like, was there a movie, movie called, midnight? called Midnight? But yeah, homework assignment <laughs> to the listeners is take, that, take what Kyle just narrated <clears throat> yep. there, which is the first 15 minutes of a movie, and now write the f- screenplay which follows. Yeah. Oh, sort of writes itself after that. Speaking of that, yeah. I've, got a, I've got a fucking... By the way, I got Mahershala right, and I didn't get Moonlight right. So. Yes. 
anyway, autism intensifies. Saved it. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Speaking of exercises in uh, writing the first scene of a movie, but not the rest of the movie, I was telling Katie about this earlier today, and I had the idea for a fantastic first scene of a movie. The movie is uh, like a girl's trip out. Mm-hmm. Like they're going, they're like a girl's weekend. Like, you know, it could just be called fucking girl's weekend. You immediately know what the movie is. Yeah. That uh, was a movie last I'm year. I'm sure. I'm it was sure called it was. Girl's Trip. Was, was it really? Well, there yes. you go. So here's the first scene. They're in a Sephora. There's like the, uh, the buttoned up uh, main character mm. who is like complaining about her job. And you know, played by Rachel McAdams. Played by Rachel McAdams and Obviously. the best friend, uh, who's like kind of wacky and wild and like off played the by wall. Rebel Wilson. I was gonna say Kate McKinnon, but uh-huh. that's pretty close. Uh, but Rebel Wilson might even be better here because uh, as they're going through Sephora, walking down the aisles, you know, um, Rachel McAdams is like, "Yeah, I just can't, I can't stand my job. It's like mm-hmm. this weekend's gonna be so good. I can't wait for it." And then her friend is like, you know, probably with a fake Australian accent, saying yes. things like, "You should quit your job. This is bullshit. Like, mm-hmm. don't let the man t- get you down." But the entire time, mm-hmm. the wacky friend is doing her makeup in Sephora using all the samples uh, that yeah, are there. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And then she gets in an argument with the 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 uh, employees. They're like, we fired you four months ago, <laughs> Gwendolyn, or whatever the fuck her name is. I don't mm-hmm. know. Whatever. Gwendolyn's Australian good for name. the eccentric mm-hmm. sort of id character. Thank you. Uh, and so uh, that's how you kick off the uh, the the introductions the girls, of like yeah, straight yeah. lace to wacky and then girls weekend. Boom. Yeah, I like it. And what I also like about it is here's the pre- it's like that's a great context in which that's a great context in which to set a scene. What I hate is in how in every first ten pages of a lot of these a lot of scripts I've seen and a, just a bunch of dumb comedies. Everyone has to simultaneously lose their job and their girlfriend breaks up with them Correct. all in the first five pages. And it's just like, it's such a trite sort of like Paul Rudd crashes the company car and gets fired and then he goes home and his girlfriend's like, enough with your shenanigans and kicks him out. And it's like, uh, and then inevitably, uh, right after that, there is a scene where, and I've, I've, I've come to call this the coffee scene, where him and his best friend or her and her best friend are in line at a coffee shop, standing, getting coffee somewhere else, or just getting coffee. It's, it, is, it is shocking how many times it is coffee. Sometimes it's alcohol, but it is often coffee because it's set the next morning Correct. after everything went to shit. Yeah. They're getting coffee somewhere, and the best friend is essentially narrating a lot of this. It's like, listen, man, I've been telling you, listen, you got to get back out there. You got to do this. I'll tell you what we should do. We Bingo. should go to Blue. I told you, you should have taken that job. Listen, my company's hiring. Come with me to Bali. We're going to just be surf instructors for the next three months. Welcome to surf camp. And you can fill it. And that's the other thing. And the coffee scene doesn't just apply in that context. The coffee scene also happens. Uh, when the coffee scene often happens when you have some uh, unfortunate scene that happens to the guy in the beginning where he's like his boss shits on him or something and then you go and and things go awry and then the coffee scene then gives you uh gives you a, a a history for the character that includes the breaking up girlfriend so this is when it's not doesn't actually happen but you'll recognize this so they're in line for coffee this is often sometimes alcohol, but it's about on like page nine of the script or 10 minutes into the movie. And the friend is like, listen, Gwendolyn broke up with you like six months ago, man. There you got to get over it. All right. You got to get back out there. Uh, and so then it's like those are two essential variations on the same theme of jo- of sort of a uh, 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 crisis situation in life slash 
uh, uh, romantic crisis, and sometimes it happens on screen. Sometimes we have to have that friend character. And here's the thing, and here's what you should do. If there is a coffee scene, you got your Paul Rudd, whoever the fuck that is, uh, who's your main guy, then whoever is the friend, circle that guy. And you can often judge the quality of a movie based on the quality of that character. Because in good screenplays, they found a way to have a character that actually served. It's like, oh, it's Sean William Scott, and he's kind of in the whole movie, and he's there to kind of help him along. In a lot of other movies, though, they have just, they know, they need an excuse for the protagonist to externalize all of these things or have these things externalized at him so that we know them as an audience. And so they will just plug in the most fucking useless best friend who we never see again until like t- about 30 minutes in when you basically have to externalize more shit. And so they're on a basketball court, like playing a game of like one on one. And he's like, listen, I was telling you that girl was crazy from the beginning, bro. And like they come back then and then they eventually hook up with like the female anal- analog version of that at the end. And that's like essentially the arc of that entire character. But they're in the coffee scene. They're in the one on one basketball scene about 30 minutes in and they fucking never factor into the rest of the movie again. So what you're telling me is the reason why 40 year old virgin is as good as it is is because literally both Paul Rudd and Seth Rogen yeah. play that character yes. perfectly. They have yes. a whole gang of that it's character. It's incredible. Right but yeah, what's yeah, amazing yeah, about that year old virgin yeah. has a gang of like five people who are that character and it's a fun hanging out social yeah. vibe which is the meat and potatoes of a lot of the comedy of the movie there yeah yeah and that was great about about 40 year old virgin and knocked up is that they built so much (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) that's we have based our entire career and by career i just mean this podcast on uh the 40 year old virgin dynamic we should all go work at a best buy we Um, lost our virgin though yes (laughs) (laughs) our virgin moved to la sorry daniel I hope he falls in love with a hot grandma. Uh, oh, yeah. <laughs> They're uh, rich over there. You know, oh, they are very fucking rich over there. Yep. Um, so, guys, <laughs> crazy shit has happened. <laughs> <laughs> crazy shit has Hard happened. Hard Has more shit mm-hmm. happened I'm, since the video you posted? Yeah, dude. Well, we really? haven't even really talked about what all that so stuff because we recorded layoffs last and, week no but we talked about the we layoffs talked and stuff. about the layoffs and stuff a little CrossFit, bit uh, crossfit hq layoffs for those that's of right we talked about the rumor of crossfit hq layoffs and now there's a little bit more uh i think a little bit more depth to that so i'm just gonna we're gonna cover it real quick and we're gonna see what the fuck's going on so uh, now we know it's like I, I think I mentioned it's like right around the mid 40s last time mid 40s amount of people who were fired all those people were let go from the games media team yeah mm-hmm. and uh, and these just weren't like the regular bloat that they have for the games this is like actual people that have been there for a while right yeah th- I mean some of these people were you know videographers or photographers that were with them for the past you know eight or nine years mm-hmm. like they've been with them for a long time damn uh, so the entire games media department has been like slashed as well as part of the games logistics department what i'm hearing is that all the uh regional directors are no longer regional directors oh shit oh shit is right and that uh nothing is off the table in terms of what the format of the crossfit game season is going to be in the fruit in the future Hmm. including 2019 including starting as early as 2019 including the possibility of no regionals at all so there are there were full year-round employed 
in regional directors for each region and those people were told or directors of regionals who were just basically told you don't have that job anymore uh, or you aren't doing that like job. they're I, still in the I, company they are so my understanding is that none of them were ever full-time only all they did was regional mm-hmm. directing i think that was just part of some people's job descriptions yeah, yeah. and it's no longer part of their job descriptions like they they may have either entirely reduced or entirely eliminated that job position yeah. so the um the regional format is is like definitely up in the air mm. and all of this is coming from we talked a little bit last time about greg glassman taking a little bit more control of his company and his whole thing is that you know the um the size and number of the affiliates and the trainers is growing at a huge rate. And that's where all their money comes from. CrossFit makes money off of selling certifications, selling seminar spots and selling affiliates. Mm-hmm. So the sure. fact of the matter is they need to be able to support the actual part of their business that's bringing in money. Mm-hmm. And so especially international yeah, affiliates yeah. and seminars, something that a lot of people don't know is that there are 15,000 affiliates. More than half of them are outside of the U S yeah, yeah. and the rate of growth in countries like brazil and china is huge the number of affiliates in china doubled in the past year wow doubled so went from 10 to 20 what yeah right (laughs) but uh they don't have any mandarin cantonese uh training materials they don't have any mandarin cantonese speaking uh uh, support staff Mm. you know so that that's huge like being able to provide support in uh in like native tongue you know, Portuguese for Brazil and in, you know, Mandarin or Cantonese in China, like mm-hmm. that's huge. And yep. those are all untapped markets, markets that are going to be exploding and they need to be able to, you know, put in some assets. So I, I think, you know, there is a possibility that CrossFit is like financially beleaguered again. They mm-hmm. have been in the past and have had to make, make a lot of uh, weird decisions based off of that. But uh, I think it's also possible that they're just that Greg Glassman's like, you know what? The games aren't, what we need to be identified as like mm-hmm. we are front first and foremost like a certification and affiliate support mm-hmm. and then you know our mission is not find the fittest on earth our mission is you know get 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 rid of chronic disease and, and yeah, yeah, promote yeah. health possibly but also let's not fuck around here uh the games can still be about finding the fittest on earth but really i think the hope that had been the case for the last few years that uh never really panned out is that the regionals themselves would be events that, you know, people would show up for and watch as spectator events and they would become a thing. Right. Even yeah. so much so they start out with 17 regionals and those didn't really get much of an audience and so they reduced the number of regionals there. But really, you know, no one really, really cares as a spectator event or is really invested in the outcomes of regionals. That's a really good point. The majority Go- of the audience is involved in some way with, like, they're the friends and family of the competitors on the floor. Right, at regional. You cast the net real fucking yeah. wide with the open. A lot of people are participating, whether they should or shouldn't be. This is a different question. Mm-hmm. And then the games brings like the the, the top ten percent of people who gives a, give a shit about the about uh, the CrossFit games mm-hmm. show up at the games in person. That's how you sell fifty or sixty thousand tickets for the games, right? But the fact of the matter is, like regionals are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. The open announcements are fucking expensive. Mm-hmm. The invitational super expensive. Mm-hmm. All of those things are essentially on the chopping block. Because I, I wouldn't be surprised if the Invitational is gone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely gone. At this point, Jesus. they've already flushed it down the toilet. Mm. Same thing with the open live announcements. I would not be surprised if they're like, hey, we're just never doing one of those live announcements again. People don't remember in yeah. 2011 when the open was announced, the announced workouts were pre-filmed. They were just like, hey, we got the previous games champions to write to do these workouts with us. Check it out. It's fucking mm-hmm. uh, power snatches and double unders. And then Tony Budding would like 
you know, awkwardly stare into the camera <laughs> and like will you into doing more double unders or power snatches or something. <laughs> it's like it's just, you know, there's there's a lot of different ways to do it. The interesting thing to me though mm. is how are they going to fucking spin this into uh, a positive for the games? Yeah, I don't know. It's interesting. Well, the question is are or are the, how are they going to I don't know. How are they going are they going is there going to be an emphasis on continuing to present game the games and PR surrounding the games at which right now is so much of their voice you know uh, and so much of the voice of the company is info on the games the state of the games lots of that is that just going to disappear and like the games will just diminish in their significance or its media presence and CrossFit will just move on and make lots of media about all their endeavors to increase health and fight Coca-Cola and all of that shit and they won't address it in any way it's funny you should talk about the media that they're putting out because another directive that I've heard mm-hmm. and we we uh, two of us currently work in a media company a sports <laughs> mm. media company Armin is pointing across the table and <laughs> not at himself not at myself Chase and I used to work at said media company yep but then you uh, opened yeah. your porn computers correct and here's one of the directives that I've heard has been passed down directly from Greg Glassman is I don't want our media department to produce more content than it can be consumed by one person in one hour a day. Hmm. Well, did they though? They were putting out so much content. I guess I've just tuned. I mean, I'm subscribed it, on YouTube, but I guess I was just t- that's tuned exactly it, out. it. 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 They have like two million subscribers on They're YouTube, and more than an hour of content per day. So much. Really? So much. And it's it's really fascinating to me that Greg Glassman, who is not a professional in mm-hmm. in content, he's not. Yeah. That's not what he does is able to just be like, this practice is bullshit. Mm -hmm. Don't do this anymore. Like, why do we have 40 people making this shit when you're putting out, you know, so yeah. much content every what, day. What are they putting out? I guess I have no idea. Out. What are they even putting out? I mean, they if you look at their last shows, they put up workout. They were putting out behind Rory, the scenes. They were putting. They the put scenes. out uh, over the course of the twenty. Oh, you're talking game specific. Game specific during content. like season. Uh, that makes sense. Game I specific content. I guess I was just thinking like year round. Yeah, they were putting out like an hours worth of of, of content. So. Yeah. So you know, I think I think just based off of uh, you know like uh, the past couple. Uh, you know, years at the games, I think one year, I can't remember if it was the first year, I think it was the first year in Madison or the last year in Carson, they put out three different behind the scenes, which were six to ten hours a piece, mm-hmm. and the movie. Mm-hmm. And that's a lot, that's very fucking expensive. That's mm-hmm. a lot of, this year they didn't even have a, Savan didn't even shoot a behind the scenes. Okay. So, you know, Savan's already moved over to being the like a head of CrossFit Health Media. Yeah, like yeah. he's his mm. role has transitioned from like executive director of CrossFit Media for the games to executive director of CrossFit Media for he's Health busy or whatever. Making a gotcha style documentary about Coca Cola right now. That's right. He's, <laughs> he's making he's making the uh, he's making the Icarus of Coca Cola. He's making the Roger and me of Coca Cola. So Frankly, I think that's cocaine. cocaine. Oh yeah, I think that's long overdue. By the way, just because honestly, rather than seeing. <laughs> Another feature-length documentary chronicling this past year's games where nothing really dramatic or interesting happened. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. A, a expose-style documentary to tell that whole Coca-Cola narrative, which was super-duper compelling, but uh, was only articulated in the Russell's blog, which is now down a Russell. Yeah, and the Russell's blog is no longer... Uh uh, the Russells. It's now truthinscience.crossfit or something like that. 
<laughs> that's weird because I think the Russell.crossfit.com is probably taken. Yeah, it yeah, just yeah. doesn't roll mm-hmm. off the tongue as well as you think. But I would uh, call it the Russell Hustle, obviously. I would call it Russell and Friends. Yes. I also think Russell is no longer uh, doing um, Russ Green, the remaining mm-hmm. Russell is no longer living in DC as a uh, full-time lobbyist for CrossFit. I think I think he's switched to a different role. But I was mm-hmm. just showing everybody uh, around. If you go into the history of CrossFit um, on YouTube, you'll see sort of where uh, some of the efforts are going. And if you just scroll through the history of their videos, you'll find a series of videos where they are you know, putting together all the movements like the overhead squat, for example, but it'll be the overhead squat with one dumbbell in a bunch of different languages, like nine different languages, 10 different languages. Oh, so that's all new media. They're creating. Yeah, this is yeah. all, this is all either new media they're creating or media that they're repurposing. Cause they have a lot of training videos, but now they're putting out training videos See, in, that makes in sense. various like Le Clean or Il Burpi or the Burpee or nice. El Burpee or Das Sankermaster Console, which, which is I just is such a weird Glassman-esque, like semi-autistic way of like, this is what media should be. Right. It should be one version of all the things properly labeled and in every language That's right. organized what? hierarchically. I need 150 <laughs> videos of the Burpee. It's the same 28 second video of a Burpee, but I need that video narrated in 150 different uh-huh. languages. Thank you very much. It's like, you know what? Just, just call it Burpee and then just show someone doing a burpee burpees are universal no mm. no they are not burpees no no language dude what are you talking about you need to know el push jerk el press de hombro <laughs> el peso muerto el peso muerto is that the deadlift dude that's that is that's a legit fucking name What's it called el peso muerto the what does thing peso mean? the lift the the, the dead lift of the dead the deadlift oh, the lift of the dead yeah i guess it el makes peso sense muerto. That's fucking great. It's metal as fuck. That is metal as fuck. That should be the new name of the podcast. El Peso Muerto. Peso Muerto. Dude, Peso Muerto, it's it's interesting because uh, my old weightlifting coach, uh, Bob DeCano, Mm -hmm. was he would always tell us this story about how in Spain they have a word for, you know, like Russia, they're like, you have a master of weightlifting. Like after you get to a certain level of development, you you qualify for like master of weightlifting as a title. And then, you know, you can uh, basically qualify for stipends with that. And it's Mm -hmm. like it's just like a way of denoting you are this good. Like you're an international level competitor and you've gone through a certain amount of schooling because like in countries like that, they split you off early on and send you to like sporting schools Mm -hmm. where you pick a specialty and you only continue going to school there as long as you continue improving. Anyway, the point of the story was in. Uh, Spanish in Spain, they have a word for master of weightlifting, a mm. weightlifting master, and it's pesista. Pesista. Which I believe, or pesisto, I don't know. Something. Pesista, something like that. That Just like that is what a weightlifter is. Like a, it's a pesista. I don't know. Maybe I'm fucking that up. Someone so is, what, is, what, like, is weight, what is weight or lift? Is it peso? I thought peso that was one lift. money. Uh, that might be one money. Uh, mm-hmm. But uh, peso, peso is one is one lift. Nice. There. El peso muerto. El peso, El peso muerto. muerto. That's great. That's really it. fucking good. I love that Dope. deadlift. Yes. Um, so, you guys. El dia de los pesos muertos. There we go. Something. How's Dude, my Spanish? There's audience. A, there is a deadlift competition called Day of the Deadlift oh. or Night of the Living Deadlift. Is it done on like November first? Uh, sometimes. Has everyone seen Coco? No, I have seen Coco. It's Katie so and I good. watched it and cried our fucking 
yes. eyes out because it's so good. Yeah, I uh, it was really good. I didn't, I waited I did waited until it was on Netflix. Um, Same. Really good. Yeah. Um, b- before we even transition further into movie talk, do you guys think regionals? Let's say let's say it's an online competition from the open through the games. Like until you get to the games, it's like their regionals are an online thing. Mm-hmm. You know what does what does that do for for uh, I mean it gives Chase the chance to say that he qual- he competed in the very last <laughs> regionals as a person. I mean that is mm-hmm. an accomplishment. A human yeah. yeah, but I think what one of the things that I read online that it would allow CrossFit to do, which to me would be very interesting is you basically pick team or individual the start of the season and they have completely different open workouts, completely different regional workouts. And then at the games you show up. Yeah. But why? Mm. Because nothing matters. <laughs> <laughs> like I did sorry, it as a team. You're going to have to speak up there. <laughs> I did it as a team. Congratulations. Yeah. Hmm. That's good. I did it as a team. We completed this workout. Here's the video. Watch it. Maybe. <laughs> yeah. Watch it. Maybe here's the video. Uh. Um, yeah, yeah, that's, that's super so interesting. I know some people that will be going as individual if that's the case. For sure. Somehow it took me this long to realize how personally relevant this would be to Chase and his his next year of training yeah. regionals goes away. Chase well, so like, Chase, Chase, what are your thoughts on on regionals evaporating? Uh, nothing matters. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, sad Chase. <laughs> I know, I'm enjoying this growth in you as a person. Yes, it'd be a bummer for sure. Um, but I imagine there's going to be some type mm. of iteration to compete at that's equally as pointless and we would do that yeah i mean they're <laughs> going to have to have a system of qualification for the games. or th- what what happens if they just shutter the games like oh so like, it's like oh they definitely out. won't do that yeah. they definitely won't do that it's because not it's, it's, it's a participatory it's, event yeah. that promotes health and parts you know and the, stuff the open is too important to the community and uh it's just too big of a juggernaut at this point for them to shut it down what completely. if they just jump straight from the open to the games that would be a terrible idea yeah but i would Wild. make the crossfit games i'll tell you that <laughs> you'd be <laughs> top 40 mm-hmm. i'd and be number so would, one in the world who is that guy who faked all of his regional videos trevor the douchebag no, bachmeyer and then also the guy with the mercedes in his driveway who like fakes Ooh, his stupid I videos forget that guy's what is that guy's fucking but he's the best yeah, yeah. Like just, just games. like <coughs> that guy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, but no, we, we we could get Armin to uh, the games there just because all those people faking their videos are not video professionals. That's you right. See, video pro- talented video professionals could effectively fake a video. Super to, fucking uh, easy. Make mm-hmm. it past the uh, the eagle eyes of the uh, CrossFit video checkers. I'm wow. so pumped. Yeah. I'm so pumped. It'll be that interesting to see what happens, and mm-hmm. we probably won't find out until right right before time. Actually, they were planning on announcing, as far as I understand, again, just based off of my conversation with some people, they were planning on announcing this week mm-hmm. what they were going to be doing for the season. Like, they were planning on announcing major changes this yeah. week. Well, that'll give us something to talk about. Then. They pushed it back a little bit because they wanted to to tighten it up a little more. Hmm. So, like, hopefully, so hopefully they do. I don't think the Hunger Games thing is going to work. Um, so, what, so, the other, the other thing is the, they're talking about... Uh, including outside events, starting to sanction outside events, things mm. like uh, Wadapalooza, Dubai, and Granite Games. This would be huge for Flowly. That would be massive for Flowly. <laughs> uh, they got to start hiring some people to make up for all the new demand. Yeah, I wonder what that would look like. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know anybody. Uh, <laughs> I think uh, 
I mean, I think it would probably just increase the number of emails Chase and I get. They'd be like, "You guys want to go cover this event for us?" <laughs> <laughs> do you guys? Do you guys still get those emails? Of course, we still get uh, those emails. Mm. Of course, we still get those emails because because you know yep. when you're forced to, you guys can't participate in this conversation, Chase. Yep. When you're forced to lay off so many fucking people, you can't really look more than two months ahead and be like, yeah. "Fuck, we might need these guys." Yeah. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. no. Uh, just think of all the money they're saving by not paying for your health insurance. <laughs> That's right. Yeah. That's right. It's a lot of fucking money. Health sure insurance is. is super expensive. Yeah. Someone make a fucking Ugh. fitness person based health insurance company so I don't have to pay so much for me. I'm so I don't have to know about this. Yeah, but yeah, what, yeah. I, what I'm curious about now is how did you phrase your response if they reached out on that? I'm good. Thanks. Okay. <laughs> oh, that's all you said? Yeah. Just I was like, I'll let you know next week. You know what it is. <laughs> <laughs> Call yeah, back. I, you know what it is. <laughs> well, I so I, I so the specifically it was for Granite Games and I was like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll let you guys know next week. And I was like, I don't know if I really want to like reassociate myself. Like, mm-hmm. I don't think that's a really good move. Yeah, yeah. And then in the week that I was I was waiting, the owner of the Granite Games called me and was like, "Hey man, do you want to come to the Granite Games?" Hmm. I was like, all right. And then I just emailed them back and I said, "Hey, I'm not I'm not available yeah. over that weekend." So it's gonna be interesting to run into everyone that I know, <laughs> but it's not gonna be a thing. And mm. so. They 100% asked me first. Yeah, they asked Chase <laughs> oh. first because they, yeah, I yeah. guarantee, I, at first I was like, oh, I'm flattered. They asked me before yeah. Armin because I am the smartest and yes. the best. <laughs> and then like, <laughs> and then like my actual brain worked and I was like, oh, they knew that they could get me for way cheaper. <laughs> yes. I'd be like, no way. You're going che- to give me two packs of gum? Chase is, <laughs> Chase is super likely to say yes. Armin, I'm not so sure about. They're like, Chase, listen, just a- offer Chase $30 and a pack of chicharron and he's going to be 100% <laughs> in. Chase is like, oh, fuck, and chicharron? It's <laughs> like, so get this, Chase. We'll buy your plane ticket for you. <laughs> Well, reimburse you a but free trip to the Granite Games. Like you're gonna you're gonna fly me to St. Cloud, Minnesota. Yeah, but you have to fly yourself back. Oh no, that's a huge deal. I'll you take can... that any day. Do you know anyone who's in St. Cloud who you can crash with? Nine times out of ten, I take that deal. Nine times out of ten. <laughs> uh, yeah, but I guess yeah, I I will be at Granite Games. Uh, I'm gonna be staying with a friend of mine. I'm crashing with a friend of mine. Hey. I'm crashing with uh, Derek Robinson, who's competing in a Masters team. Nice. Which is gonna be fucking Why? great. Why is he not in Elite RX? I, he would I, crush the <laughs> entire <that's> field. <laughs> I asked him, and he was like, "Yeah, you know, I would have qualified um, for. I think he said I would have qualified for the regular RX or the Elite or whatever. Um, but I would have qual. He's like, I would have qualified the bottom two or three people." <laughs> It's like I'd rather just take my team and have a much better chance of winning. Uh, I'm like, I think he would have had a much. Dude, this Given guy, the he's competition so fucking saw, strong. Yeah, as long as we didn't see the pan checks show up again, but they would have won. He does. He he does have a a you know. I mean, he doesn't. He doesn't really like swimming. Doesn't really like running, and so he avoids the the swimming event because he's doing the team, the Masters team, and he avoids. Uh, no, he doesn't avoid the running. Everyone's doing a five k at the game at the Granite Games this year. So I don't know. So Either way, yeah. This new process, by the way, if CrossFit does start certifying outside events, mm-hmm. that's sort of how the Mr. Olympia is run, isn't it? Where in order to qualify for the Mr. Olympia, you need to yep. do certain number of bodybuilding shows, of which there's a limited list of you know uh, tiered shows. Tiered whatever, yeah. shows. So a lot of place yeah. at a certain level at them. Yeah. So I could imagine a threat. They could save a lot of money if. Uh, by at least helping develop create demand for a thriving ecosystem of outside yeah. events. It could potentially be a win-win for them in the sense that 
an event like a Wadapalooza or whatever suddenly gets its profile raised enormously because all the big athletes show up because they need points to qualify to make it to the games that year. Uh, you know, all of a sudden the Granite Games profile raises because they need points uh, So uh, and all of that. And then at the same time, CrossFit doesn't have to fit the entire bill for putting on all of these competitions. And then it potentially, if those prove to be economically viable for the people putting them on, when suddenly everyone who's going to be at the CrossFit Games shows up to participate at Wadapalooza and the all of a sudden there is an audience for it um, you know that's there uh, then all you know maybe other events will start popping up not unlike yeah bodybuilding shows and a lot of other things I guess sort of the, work that way. the biggest challenge to me when I, I hear that is twofold um, one is both like a big opportunity as well as a challenge and the other I think is just a challenge the opportunity there is that all of these events these massive events except for Dubai have divisions divisions mm-hmm. which can kind of function as like feeding leagues mm-hmm. like a, an intermediate to RX to elite right that's a that's a very clear pathway that you take as a graduating from one level of fitness to another level of fitness mm-hmm. and i think that's really good the challenge there is to you know some way normalize that across what everyone understands so you can mm-hmm. say oh i am at this level of fitness and you know immediately like oh, okay like in golf there's the handicap mm-hmm. here's someone's handicap i don't fucking know what handicaps are like your handicap's 15 yeah. and it's like oh you're really good at this or you're really bad at this whatever that ends up meaning but well, like the, there doesn't exist that in fitness well, the other factor that's involved is you know if if a runner shows up to for a qualifying event in the running world or a bodybuilder shows up for a body qualifying event in the bodybuilding world they're doing the exact same thing under pretty much the exact same conditions regardless of where they're going when and part of the nature of the sport is supposed to be that at every event that you show up the events are random and wildly different then there's all it becomes a lot of wiggle room all of a sudden in well he got his 10 points but Wadapalooza was programmed poorly well in favor of his blah 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 or this was the Granite Games was or some new startup event was weird had a weird design or a weird uh, flaw in its uh, equipment or something that led to this person qualifying for things that they shouldn't have qualified for. Yeah, and, and there so need to be some sort of uh, <laughs> quid pro quo in terms of what the events Things just got a yeah. little bit more handsome. I know, here. I know. Giannis Paul has come in. We have our other handsome friend, Giannis Paul, <laughs> just showed up. We have podcast visitors. Yes, we do. Are you impressed? I hope you are. <laughs> there you go. Always, um, always you guys to share the mic, Chase. That's fine. I'm all about sharing mics. I hope this all steal, stays in. Just steal money. I just caught. I just caught this a German stealing money from an Armenian. <laughs> that's fucked. <laughs> <laughs> they don't have a beef, do they? No. All right. Yeah. Giannis, who some of you may remember from our previous live broadcasts, where we would talk about the uh, uh, open announcements, has joined us here. In the podcast studio, podcast one. So, Giannis, we're, curr- we're currently hour. talking about um, how shitty or not shitty it would be if CrossFit moved away from regionals and started including outside events as a way to qualify or collect points on the way to making the CrossFit games. Which is... Yeah, now yeah. you have to talk into a mic, though. <laughs> <laughs> you should get closer so you can share yours. <laughs> oh my God, he's right beside you. No. Give it up, Armin. You Not don't want happen. that mic. It's all gross. So how shitty would it be if they 
had granite games or the, the word shitty gives you a strong indication of what chase's opinion is but go ahead so it's like a season format yeah mm. kind of like uh, golf or nascar or something do they still have to pay to compete 100 percent. yeah they have to pay to compete like in any other real like sport. in every other real sport mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> nice dave castro reference yeah so for me i think that's really shitty because uh, you see how much effort goes into preparing for the games and preparing for regionals and preparing for the open. Uh, the top tier dudes are now having to do this year long, mm-hmm. um, which, yeah, yeah. you know, in a perfect world, that's completely sustainable and you can keep doing it and make yeah, yeah. gains. But I have a feeling what it's gonna what's gonna happen is we'll just see a lot more injury or a lot more drug mm-hmm. abuse. Um, there's just there's no way. Oh like yeah, drug testing at all these outside yeah. events becomes trickier. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, there's there's that's another. Yeah. That was the so I was saying that I see two challenges. The the other challenge is, is purely simply geography. Right now, if you think of like the biggest events, you're thinking about Granite Games, Dubai, and Wadapalooza, mm-hmm. and those are essentially like two events in the United States. Uh, I mean, maybe around the United States, but two events in the United States, and then one event in the Middle East. You're not. You're like avoiding all of Europe. You're avoiding all of Australia. You're avoiding all of South America. You need to be able to create some sort of a, a, mm-hmm. a, a series of events within the same time frame so that it kind of feels similar. Like you know, sectionals used to be totally different. Mm-hmm. Uh, all the events were programmed by whoever the sectional leader was. There was like 55 of them. Well, that's how regionals were. And were the regionals first time originally yeah. were completely different. All the regionals were, I think for two years, the regionals yeah, were, were just, all were totally different. different. random crazy events. And even crazier, in 2010, right before the Open started, it went sectionals to regionals, and sectionals were programmed uh, by... Uh, each of the sectional leaders. And so some sectionals were like absolutely not CrossFit-y enough. And some sectionals were way too fucking ham on like one version. Like Mm -hmm. there was one workout that came out of the Hawaii sectional, which I still to this day remember. It's called the (laughs) gauntlet. Uh The gauntlet is uh, it's Jackie into Carabelle, which is 10 rounds of, 10 wall ball and three snatches at 135. Oh, so like Isabel and uh, Isabel and Karen together. So yeah, it's yeah. Jackie into Carabel. Mm-hmm. And then in the remaining time in 30 minutes, Amrap Cindy. And your score is Cindy. And uh, back, yeah. yeah, back then, by the way, just getting one pull up, what got you in the top five. Wow. That's how hard that shit was back then. Yeah, the, yeah. the top guy obviously got like. 12 rounds or some shit like that yeah, yeah. but it was insane like people were programming things like the gauntlet yeah, yeah. to be like we're gonna send our fit it was like it was like uh it was like some sort of fucked up like karate kid championship <laughs> like we're gonna send our most fucking bru- biggest bruiser over there motherfuckers you don't know what's gonna happen uh-huh. so like it's just so it's such a weird there's so I, many I, I kinda issues like that. With that. this actually might be interesting to watch. That's that, right. That's <laughs> what I was gonna say. That's maybe a more interesting format if they can go completely crazy on them. Because mm. what I think when I think about the series, as someone who's mildly interested in CrossFit mm-hmm. and can barely maintain like excitement over regionals or over a full games, I only have so much capacity. I'm getting licked by the dogs. Yeah. <laughs> I only have so much capacity to be excited about CrossFit, and mm-hmm. I don't know if I can maintain that over mm-hmm. more than two times or three times a year yeah. through a serious and following 
athletes that I mm, kind of care about, maybe not. Yeah, and that's the interesting thing is that there's kind of a funneling effect that happens. I mean, not just a funneling effect, obviously, in the in the qualification of the athletes, but also a funneling effect of excitement that's leading towards, you know, it's shaped. First, there's this big participatory event. Then there's small a smaller number of people who have been selected. Then they qualify for the games, and it all builds all this energy into the games. Whereas if you had, there's not that same kind of, again, uh, you know, uh, you know, structural funneling of excitement towards a single event if it's just i guess a season of random events in random places that are random sort of things i mean honestly this now that we've gone kind of in depth on this for like 20 minutes it makes me think that realistically short of doing an 100 percent online qualification process which who knows how they do it i figured they have they're gonna have to do some regional analog that might be radically different from what we've we've seen before in some way i can't exactly imagine what that would be but there has to be some kind of regional analog some sort of officiated by you know uh of crossfit hq uh you know a, a thing for qualifications for the games unless somehow i don't know unless there's just the formats changed and the games and regionals merge into a single event or something i don't know what but there has to be something short of a completely online quality. yeah i mean i don't I'm not going to say I know the answers or know what the best solution is because mm. the more I hear about it, the more I listen to people talk about it, the more rumors that I hear about it, the less put together it sounds. So mm. there, they have uh, with Greg Glassman coming in and going like, "Hey guys, fuck the games, right? <laughs> we're, we're definitely going to be throwing a wrench into this. So you guys figure <laughs> that shit out. Like it's cool what you guys do here, but even Greg Glassman is like legit calling the games the kids' table. Yeah, He's yeah, like, yeah. you guys are playing in the kids' table. I saw so. that quote in that article, and that's uh, that was oh, interesting. so he actually yeah. referred to it as the kids' table. Yeah, what's yeah. this quote? Uh, he was on the he was on the CrossFit podcast with Savannah. Mm-hmm. At the very end, he was like basically talking about how you know it's it's clear to him what the value crossfit brings mm-hmm. to the world and it's not the crossfit games yeah, and he's yeah. like in fact he's like you're going to have to go tell dave that like you're going to have to go tell dave mm-hmm. that that the value of CrossFit is not the CrossFit games. Did he say you're going to have to go, go tell, tell Dave? Dave. Yeah. He should probably text Dave about this. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So it's, do they not talk? That's very, that's funny. Uh, yeah, they might not after this week. So, uh, yeah, I yeah, think, I, mean, I think it's, it's, they're throwing they're He's throwing this wrench in there. He's giving them this problem to solve. That's going to be really tough to do. It's going to somewhere be somewhere in the middle for sure. Right. It's mm-hmm. not going to be like, we're making the CrossFit games entirely online. Like, welcome to the CrossFit Games Week, everybody. Just yeah. refresh this page <laughs> and watch the leaderboard have yeah. have scores. Just put like in. it was in two thousand eight, right? When Twitter, <laughs> when Twitter was the only way to watch the CrossFit games. Well, that was up to two thousand nine when Twitter was the it's only true. Two thousand nine, yeah. When mm-hmm. we would refresh. Apparently, there's some guy called Miko Salo in the first in first place position. So yeah. I don't know who he so is. So many opportunities to put your score in first and take a screenshot and tell everybody that you're <laughs> the games. Yeah, I, I also think um, you know with with sort of the best solution being somewhere in the middle. You know they can do finally uh, maybe some sort of like super regional where it's like three events over one weekend that condenses mm-hmm. all the other regionals and then just take like the best of the best, mm-hmm. not the, just like you get the winner from each regional and then the rest of it is just ranked. <laughs> So it's yeah, like yeah. by performance, like the way they do an all regional leaderboard, mm-hmm. right? That's one way of, of resolving the issue. You can have like last chance qualifiers that are only online. That's how Spencer Hendel got into the games in 2009. Mm-hmm. 
Uh, you can have like different flavored sections or each region is like controlled by one person or committee who like programmed their own version of regionals. Mm-hmm. That's totally different that like feeds into super regionals, but all that's online. And mm-hmm. I am somewhat in favor of individual people taking charge of uh, the regionals programming there just because we say can say that, oh, well, the programming in this regional is so not CrossFit. Sure, sure. But... Uh, at least at this point, with a little more knowledge out there, the incentive can and should be for the regional programmers to have one of their guys actually do well at the CrossFit games. <laughs> You're like, you may say that this programming isn't CrossFit, but Brock Lesnar qualified out of <laughs> Wyoming. <laughs> what if it was more like a deathmatch one-on-one? So it's yes, it's mm-hmm. only deathmatch. If you get yes. first, you compete against number 10, two against nine, three against eight. So that there's some incentive to do yes. well, but generally, if Matt Fraser goes on against who's number ten? Who uh, yeah, who cares? I don't know. Frederick Iguias. Oh, Cody Anderson. Cody was Anderson this year, and oh, they do balance beam, you know some sort of gymnastics movement. Yeah, he may get actually kicked out. Or it's a it's a seated bracket system wherein yeah. yeah everyone's spread out across a bracket they each directly compete against each other in workouts and they just have to spread out by based on uh, uh, uh based on open qualification spots across the bottom of the bracket and everyone and that way they can favor the bracket to push whoever they want uh, into the into the top spot yeah it's it's gonna be It'll um happen. it's gonna be real interesting I, I mean listen the the crossfit games have been just the dave castro show for the past 10 years yep so uh is there is there drama do you think between glassman and 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 castro uh i don't know i think i think I've heard. I've What's heard, the hot goss, Armin? I've heard a lot of different directions. I've heard that they don't get along at all. I've heard that they get along just fine. I've mm. heard that like none of it, that their personal relationship doesn't even matter. Mm. Yeah. Um, Let's keep in mind that you know, Dave Castro's primary qualification for being director of the CrossFit Games was the fact that in 2007 he had a ranch. His family had a ranch. His family had a ranch, Mm -hmm. and also, you know, we do, you know, give Dave Castro props for doing decently well with games programming. Mm -hmm. There. That said, um, what is the quantity of people that could do equally good programming? Could we take, say, Mm -hmm. any of the four of us do (laughs) equally good programming? We're just putting that out there, Greg Glassman. All I'm saying is, if you'd given, if you'd given the four of us or the five of us. Uh, 11 years or 12 years of practice, mm-hmm. we probably would be just as good as Dave is at, oh, yes. at, at this. I mean, the the uh, the tools that he has at his disposal and the process that he has is unique to him, mm-hmm. but the skill set of writing good workouts, you know, CrossFit will be the first people to tell you the magic isn't in the programming. And so much of what Castro programs is like, essentially like blindfolded darts that he like corrals afterwards. He just like fucking throws shit around. He's like, this sounds pretty cool. And then molds it into like, mm-hmm. you know, that happens in gyms all over the place. Yeah. Everywhere, every day Giannis that's said, happening in gyms. Giannis mm-hmm. said that the magic was actually in his dick. So. Yeah. It's not it's true. It's not false. Yeah. It's, it's not, not true. It's not, not true. Um, so the magic is in his cornrows. That's <laughs> where it is. <laughs> like time. Samson, like Samson, it's all in his hair. Uh, Once he cut that off, yeah, he lost so, his juju. So with with those changes coming to the games, whatever those changes may be, I think uh, I think it's going to be really interesting to see how they sort of like keep the community involved as best they can. Because regionals, as much of like a money sink as they are. It makes sense. Like, a, there's a logical sense going from the open to regionals, regionals mm-hmm. to the game, right? So you have to figure out a way to 
fuck, man. Keep that going in some way. Yeah, figure yeah. out a way to fuck. Yeah. <laughs> well, sh- that's the thing is that the game, assuming they just don't want to fucking get rid of the CrossFit games, which hopefully they're not going to do. Um, short of that, at some point, they're going to have to find a smart way to funnel 400,000 people because I don't think they're going to abandon the open into 40 or so people. And so there will be some sort of process. I'm just very curious. It's amazing. It's important to think about how controversial just doing the uh, the open uh, the the open was as uh, as as uh, compared to sectionals, which had preceded it for the for that year. Just the f- people freaked the fuck out, and we're talking about how like p- people can just videotape workouts. Well, then anyone can just hollow out plates and qualify for the CrossFit Games. And like, I have yet to see the hollowed out yeah. plates. I would like to uh, see some just go on to Trevor Bachmeyer's Instagram, yes. and you can oh. see. Hauled out plates constantly in yes, use. Is yes. He does workouts that's like, oh, I did 50, 40, 30, 20, 10 of squat cleans, front squats, thrusters, push press, and clusters. And he's like using a, a bar with clearly fucking fake plates on it. This guy has not learned. Oh, are they really, really oh, fake plates? Clearly fucking oh, fake shit. plates. Oh, yeah. shit. I need to see this. Why do I follow this. him on I Instagram? I love his Instagram. People will send me his workouts and be like, just occasionally, like maybe once a month, someone will send me his workouts and be like, look at this motherfucker lying Arm- about his shit. Armin, I'm just fucking angry that you haven't told me about this before uh, now. What is it? God. What is he's at? Smash what? Works. S-M-A-S-H-W-E-R-X. Oh, uh, yeah, <laughs> Smash Works. So oh like... God. Uh, here, uh, this Should we is, just get the scale as nation to troll Trevor Bachman? I don't. I don't. <laughs> I, don't I don't think know anything can like, defeat him. <laughs> like, okay, just look at this bar. Look at him doing this bar, doing these squat cleans, and tell me if that bar looks like it actually has 225 pounds on it. Uh, oh, wait, the bar watch. looks like it has 90 pounds on it. That dude's strong as shit. Oh yeah. Well, I mean, just looking at his knee positioning, those knees would not be just staying in that alignment if that had 225 he's, he's pounds like, on it. He's doing he's doing squat cleans that with a bar that has seemingly two plates on each side. Uh huh. And uh, and there's no fucking movement. Like the bar doesn't bend. The bar doesn't move. There's no. It's just all maybe of it's it just looks really, really fucking barbell. weird. Maybe it is an excellent barbell. Maybe it's a barbell. Maybe it's a bunch of plates that don't make any sound. Maybe it's a bunch of like really strange combinations. But just the fact that he's doing all of these workouts in his garage and it's always these same weird looking plates on the inside. Plates that look completely different from yep. any other. Well, the, you, you know what they look like? They look like those, you know, those big white dummy plates for like women who train yeah. Olympic lifting. It looks like that, but spray painted black. <laughs> Yeah, 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 that's exactly the styrofoam it. ones. But that's the, exactly he, it. he bought those. He was like, "Dope! I need to get a hold of those." Bought them. He sprayed matte black, of course, because that's the most smash works of all colors. Of course, matte black. Um, and then uh, now we're just recording a podcast Dude, of five guys it's looking worth at it. their phones. It's on fucking Instagram. worth it. If listen, you're if you're interested in looking at what <laughs> fake plates look like, that clean, the, whatever the fuck that was, where he was holding the squ- the bottom of the clean, yeah, and like. Flexing his neck oh, bullshit. to make it look like he was struggling. Look at this. Yeah, he's Do like it. doing a floor press with like 315 pounds. He's doing 30 reps of floor press with 315 or some shit like that. This is ridiculous. Yeah. Well, oh, yeah. All he's, the bars yes, look it's, funky. He's doing, he's doing yeah. floor press with 315. Every time, every time he has that barbell, <clears throat> he uses the same strange looking plates. Plates that are clearly blockier yep. and larger. And by the way... Uh, and not to make this just a fuck Smashworks thing, but seriously, fuck you. You tried yeah, to fucking, but fuck that guy. But fuck that guy. Uh, he has three hundred. He has three hundred thousand followers on Instagram. Three hundred thousand uh, followers. Uh, he a video that he posted two days ago, 
has 14,000 views. Jesus. And as someone who, uh, and only 2,400 likes. So uh, mm-hmm. he's getting less than 1% of his people liking his shit, which mm-hmm. means that in reality, not, I mean, not to really fucking like say it, it doesn't mean anything, but in reality, he probably only has around like 90,000 likes oh, or 90,000 so followers, like 100,000 followers. 100%. That makes sense. He, it's the fake plates of Instagram followers 100%. when you buy followers. There's no way There's no way that you can have so many. You can't have 300,000 followers yep. and videos you put out a week ago or two weeks ago have yep. only 11,000 views. That's mm. crazy. It's not fucking possible. Yeah, this is true. He has 300,000 followers and a video from a while. It's the videos are in the six to seven thousand uh, view range on most of these. Which, yeah. uh, as someone as someone who follows many uh, Brazilian women who have w- around three hundred thousand followers, uh, their views are their videos are viewed way more times. Way more times. Yes. Yeah. So anyway, uh, that's how, that's where the fake plates all went. Yeah. Uh, they all went to Trevor Bachmeyer's garage where he cool. makes up bullshit. So anyway, friends. this is now we just need to think about how we're going to troll Trevor Bachmeyer. So. Um, my I thoughts. I don't even know. I don't. I, I can think of plenty of ways, uh-huh. but I. I also don't know if I. If it's worth giving this guy any more attention. Yes. Um, uh, he already has like sort of ostracized himself, and it's like, listen, he's not doing anything by cheating. The way that he cheated was was really fucking hilarious. Yeah. yeah. But it's not like other people aren't cheating. He just yeah, yeah. had the fucking gumption to do that shit by like editing, shittily <laughs> editing together a video. Where it's like it looks like he's doing a continuous workout, but then in the corner there's a woman in a purse just appears in her lap suddenly. Wildcat. <laughs> yes, Wildcat. Right. Wildcat. That's right. God, that's it. that. That it's too late now, but that is the mashup video we should have made of like him doing the workout, and right as the transition happens, we just cut to Dennis Hopper's face going staring, staring at the thing, yeah, <laughs> yes, pushing in on him. Dennis Hopper pushing on on Trevor Bachmeyer. Then Dennis, then, and then uh, the then, transition then, happens. The transition it's happens, and he screams. It's still yeah, not too yeah, late. Yeah, to yeah, do that could this. be done. That could be done. I, I have do plenty this. of time on my hands, guys. This is true, <laughs> and I have all the tools necessary. You to should do, that. do. You should just do a video call. You should do a video for. For, for the YouTube channel just call uh, about about Trevor Bachmeyer just for the sake of that being the opening skit please 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 do that that's not a bad idea yeah um, um, yeah so we were so one, one thing we were talking about before we got uh, on the mics we we're talking about a movie to watch we wanted to do we wanted to do a group movie night and invite our listeners yes. the scale as nation yes uh, to participate in that movie night with us, yes. so that we can discuss that movie next time. We don't have. So, uh, here's my. Here's what I'm going to propose. I'm going to propose we throw it to Scales Nation. Uh, we asked them. We've talked about a lot of movies on this podcast. Uh, we've talked uh, over the years things that maybe not everyone has seen. We've talked about a bunch of shit. Preferably something that's available on Netflix and or Hulu. Um, it would be cool if we throw it to them and then at some point, Armin, if you get a healthy amount of responses that we just pick and you announce on your Instagram what movie we're going to watch so that we can hopefully watch it by next week and we can make that. But what do we want to do with this movie, guys? Cliff? Uh, well, we well, what do we want to do with this movie? What we want to do with this movie is have it as a rallying point, a take-home assignment that everyone can <laughs> get together and... Uh, actually be on the inside instead of on the outside when uh, me and Kyle rant about movies for an extended period of time that you haven't seen. So this is a way to get uh, to to peek inside uh, all the rusty gears inside the movie to peek thinking right inside there. the whispering eye. There's yeah, right. there's whoa. There's uh <laughs> there's two ways that this goes. Yep. 
way number one is that it's a movie that uh, you we've talked about a bunch on the show that you you two have seen mm-hmm. being uh, Kyle and Cliff and that Chase and I have not seen mm-hmm. and we sit down and watch it and it turns into a discussion where you guys are telling us why our opinion about the movie is either right or wrong. All right, or here's 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 I've, I've I've figured it out. Here's what we need to do. Shrek three. Here's what yes. Uh, and Did you so know that Shrek is one of the most profitable in terms of money uh, series and ever yes. made. It's like top fifteen. Yes, it made a lot, lot, lot of money. Um, <laughs> what? Oh no! Here's another fun, fun Shrek fact. But I've already picked the movie, by the way. But here, fun Shrek fact. Oh shit! Um, fun Shrek fact is uh, uh, that Cameron Diaz, I believe, set some kind of record for. I think it was for yeah. Shrek Two. Fastest because, transformation. You know, there you go. Uh, f- she made some sort of uh, record for the h- most amount of money made, like per minute, not of screen time, but of actual work time. Because I believe for her part in that movie, because she was like returning in the sequel, but wasn't a big character, but was only like she went in. She was like she made I think twenty something million dollars to return, but like went in for like a couple days to record her voice part or something like that. So they said, Mm -hmm. forget what the number was. You can Google this at home, but it was something ridiculous. Like she was making $150,000 a minute or something. It was just crazy like that. That's incredible. $150,000 an hour or something like that. The reason why I know that Shrek made a ton of money as a series and it's one of the most, uh, not profitable, but like uh, highest grossing Mm -hmm. movie series of all time is because I was looking up highest grossing movie series of all time because Katie and I recently rewatched the uh, first three pirates movies uh-huh. uh you know the acid dream that is <laughs> gore verbinski's mm-hmm. just crazy ass trips in those yes. first three movies and uh it turns out that i've never seen pirates four or five but pirates yeah. four is still to this day the most expensive movie ever made with a production budget of guess it Give me the fucking number. Oh, what Jesus. do you think is the production budget of Pirates Four, which I think is I mean, called? It, it would it, if it would if, it, if it's actually the two hundred and fifty million dollars. Yeah, it would have to be about three hundred fifty million if it were the most expensive. Yeah, yeah. yeah. correct. Three hundred and eighty nine million dollars. What? <laughs> even the, the dogs, dogs reacted. Even the dogs reacted to that. Uh, yes. Yeah. So I believe that's that's the Pirates Four is the mm-hmm. most expensive movie ever made. Crazy. Uh, it's also the shortest Pirates yeah. movie. <laughs> it is, I have not seen it. Uh, what oh. is that? She made $30 million, but I don't know how long she, she made. Okay, so she made $30 million for yeah. that movie, which is ridiculous. But she made $30 million, and I think she recorded, they said, for a few days or something like Hot. that. Hot. That's Just the type crazy, of business that I crazy, want. Crazy, crazy, crazy. So Wait, anyway. So you decided. I decided. And we were trying. We were kind of stumped in the minutes before the podcast because we were trying to find something that Cliff and I had ranted about previously on the podcast and that Chase and Armin had not seen. We kind of we glossed over one of these movies earlier because uh, we also glossed over one of these movies because Armin has seen it, but Chase hasn't, and I think it's the perfect movie to kick off because it is on Netflix and it's also just really I think it, the vibes Are of the podcast. We're gonna watch Heat. Yes! Everybody, we're gonna watch Heat. Okay, yes. okay, okay. We got the honest yes! thumbs up. Everyone, thumbs up. Yeah, no, I yeah, fucking good. love that movie. Right. I, I can't wait to talk about yes. some scenes. Oh my yes. god! I, so I, I, I second it because yes, this isn't just introducing Armin and Chase to new movies. This is movies with enough depth that we can talk about them yep. for an hour and a half podcast and never see. People have to yeah, see yeah. exactly, and exactly. you have to fucking see Heat. Here's the yeah. thing, guys. I'm guy. I'm saying guys because I know the demographic of the show, and it's. Three girls. And it's, it's three <laughs> girls and eight guys. The yes. All 11 of you are accounted for. Listen. And five of them are in this 
this room and two of the girls are in this room. Yeah. So, so what we would encourage everyone to do this week, uh, even though we've seen it, obviously, uh, myself, Cliff, Armin, uh, Chase, and maybe even Giannis will watch Heat. Uh, we'll watch Heat. We'll revisit Heat. And then we're going to talk about Heat next week. So we encourage you, the Scaleless Nation, to go out. It's on Netflix. It's one click away. And if you haven't seen it, I mean, get on it. It's incredible. Uh, it's a great movie. And uh, if you watch- have seen it, revisit it. There's yeah. so much depth in that movie that if you haven't seen it in a year or six months or ten years, yes. there's going to be new things to discover in it. Yes, because I think that if we and a group, uh, uh, the whole scale as nation, all watch the same movie in the same week. We can focus our psychic energies together and really make a difference in the world. That's right. That's right. Sick. But it'll also be really fun next week to, so to dive deep. There it that. is, guys. Uh, we're going to be spending uh, next week talking about Michael Mann's masterpiece, Heat. Yes. So Start. watch it. And there's, I think there might be, weirdly, a couple movies in the world called Heat. So just... Just so that no one gets duped, we are talking about the one with Al Pacino. Yes, yes. it's it's the movie. It and on Netflix, the thumbnail is Val Kilmer shooting yes. an assault rifle. Uh, it, it's it's the th- it's a it's a thumbnail for you. Everyone has different thumbnails. Really? You didn't know that? I didn't oh, know. Yeah. That. Thumbnails that's how change all the time. Man. Dude, Netflix knows. They're like this guy will fucking click Val Kilmer. Well, do you Look. know what they do? Actually, is that Netflix's algorithms are constantly. Some people have written articles about this, but they're constantly building uh, it, data about you based on your choices, and then if they discover that they'll put like I forget what the process is called but a lot of different websites use it even YouTube and stuff they generate a bunch of different thumbnails and if people who are similar to you begin responding more and watching heat more with a given thumb with like this thumbnail versus that thumbnail then that thumbnail will now be sent out to all similar people. So I would love to see the group that are like me. <laughs> like the people that are like me, that'd be awesome. You know, I'm sure we would all be disappointed to find out just how basic all of our eclectic oh tastes are. It's like, man, I watch shit that's all over the place. Yeah, there's 9,000 people in your neighborhood who have and the exact same And they wear exactly the same yes, clothes, exactly. same yeah. hairstyle, same yes. preference. It's like, oh my God, you like gory horror movies and parks and recreation so does everyone else you know and uh how's that for okay so that makes that makes uh another movie idea you guys are horror horror fans why not gory parks and recreation no (laughs) (laughs) that's a really good idea Mm -hmm. i was gonna say a horror movie called like me in Uh which you meet the other people Uh who are in the demographic you're in but something terribly wrong that's actually by the way that's actually a really good idea just to match two people not based on personality attributes but match two people who are who are algorithmically the most similar like within to like a night to like the 99th percentile or whatever in terms of netflix (laughs) exactly It's yep. like, who is your Netflix twin? Because there's one person, I'm sure, in the world who weirdly, their viewing patterns are the mo- are more similar to mine than any other person. So what I, I what think, do you I think this is I think this is the plot to Denny Villeneuve's well, en- enemy. <laughs> I think this is a great idea for Netflix. I think uh-huh. it's an awesome idea for Pornhub. Yes. <laughs> Ooh. Well, this, is, this is great, actually. Well, I don't good. know. Do, do you want to... You no, know, would you want to meet? The, I don't think you want to meet the person that has the yeah. same viewing patterns. Uh, you want you want to meet the person that has the diametrically opposed, diametrically no, opposed patterns. The yin, it's a, a yin and yang thing. That's what you want, not a yang yeah. and yang. Yes. You're just like looking for the person who's constantly typing, giving ATM as opposed. <laughs> but, taking but then it. it turns out, it turns out that the same, it turns out that the same traumatic childhood event that led you both to be into Asian MILFs means that you really do find, have a deep connection with that person and it's you ultimately you know through that friendship it becomes incredibly pro- cathartic 
there probably is a deep emotional connection yeah. somewhere in there based on childhood experience that, yeah, yeah, I, yeah, I can actually see it working. Are you ultimately competitors in Darwinism hmm. in the world for, That's true. say, a partner? It's all wasted genetic material. So really, yeah. you know, it's like it's not going anywhere. It's not making any, but we broke Armin. <laughs> 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 it's just the I just the phrase coming out of a German accent. <laughs> but are you ultimately competitors? That <laughs> 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 fucking killed me. That uh, fucking killed me. I don't even. Oh god. Oh uh, god. Okay. I don't. Did know. you know though? Interestingly enough, that Pornhub is actually at. By the way, Pornhub accounts is a leviathan online, and it's like one of the biggest most visited places online has this enormous amount of money has an enormous amount of analytics that are going and a lot of technologies that we see in YouTube and on Netflix are actually pioneered by the massive amount of money that Pornhub pours into their algorithms including stuff like the uh, different iterations of the thumbnail is a technique that I don't know if it was pioneered by Pornhub but it was it was the first I don't know if they were the first ones to do it but they were extensively researched it where you know they will just create a uh, hundred random thumbnails for every video, send it out to the millions of people. If w one of those thumbnails just randomly starts getting a bunch more views, then that one is broadcast to all the other people and it just builds and builds and builds momentum for that video. Smart. So there you go. So it's this weird process of location where we collectively are programming Pornhub so to find these perfect, literally, I'm not joking, these perfect frames of pornography who through just a subconscious reaction uh, uh, to just click, 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 we're finding these perfect individual frames that make it impossible not to click on them. It's kind of crazy, but it's real. That's how so. they're training the AI, our new AI overlords. Yes, that's how they're right. going to get us. I mean, another example is the Google verification one. The click the tiles that have a person in them yes. is basically you training the yep. artificial intelligence. Yep. Dick no, science. I fucking hate that game. Yeah. That game's the yeah. worst game. No, that's the thing is that like people don't realize that like a lot of those things, those multi-phase like uh, verification things are not so much you actually just oh it's like which one of these has a sign in it and you click 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 it's like it's not besting a robot it's literally it's like 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 it's so that google's uh like google maps can figure out where the street signs are and they need you to do their work for them and so they just outsource it to your brain so it's genius yeah absolutely genius word all right dick science dick science we're we running out of minutes dick no we still have like oh, 20 okay. minutes i just feel like chase's uh chase might be done right now yeah i feel like yeah. chase is pretty food. fucking tired Oh, so it's, it, I think it, I, unless you guys have something really magical to talk well, about right now. I mean, now. I think we've covered a lot of good ground here today. So we, we really broke down um, the we broke down the the, the, the secrets hidden in, in uh, company laptop computers and how they need to be processed when they're returned. Mm -hmm. We uh, broke down really the first 10 minutes of most fun movies and what you need to look for in those, which I thought was pretty great. And we we've crushed um, the regional issue. Uh, we have given the scale as nation for the first time ever an assignment. Hey, even if you've seen Heat, watch it again this week so we can all have it freshly in our minds so that we can all participate collectively in a productive conversation about it next week or and probably some other Rick stuff. Rick and Morty still available. You can watch Rick and Morty oh, still. Oh, that's true. Rick and Morty is still available. Yeah. And they just released like a 15-second like um, 
teaser. It's not like a teaser. It doesn't say anything about what's going to happen in season yeah, yeah. four, but it's like oh. a newly animated version, like an anime style. Oh, nice. Um, animated keep releasing those things. By the way, uh, Cliff and I just blasted through all of The Good Place, uh, which is a NPC sitcom. Yeah, was that first, good? Yeah, first it's two seasons. insanely it's good. Yeah. With Ted Danson? Ted, yeah, yeah. With Ted Danson. It's and they, fucking yeah. fantastic. It's amazing, and the new season is starting soon. It's Ooh. starting next month. That might be the thing. If you two guys could blitz through all of The Good Place. It's only two seasons so far. It's only far, two right? seasons yeah, so yeah, far. that's easy. It's like 12 episodes per season, because I think it's all going to be on Netflix. The first season's on Netflix now. The second season's going to be on Netflix in a few days. You guys could... Bl- uh, blitz through all of that we could do a week by week episode uh, breakdown of the good place and that would be yeah. very different from what we usually do week by week episodes yes. breakdowns of so it Which might actually be a good show in that to talk people, about yeah, exactly. and, and that people it, might it, actually also watch it because it's a popular show and it's on and it's and it's yeah. available to watch all um, right that's something to consider s- and sound off audience if you want us to do episode by episode breakdowns of the rather incredible show the good place um let us know awesome uh, let's get our plugs in, guys. Well, I am at Mr. Kyle Bogart on the most sensual Instagram account on the internet. I am at Cliff Bogart, an Instagram account still trying to find its voice. <laughs> Aren't we all? I'm at Chase504 on Instagram and Twitter. Giannis, plug it. Ooh, yeah. I'm at Giannis Paul, that's J-A-N-N-I-S, Paul, yes. on Instagram. Yes, and Janus. we've told you about how handsome Giannis is, but you will have to go to your his Instagram. Yeah, to find you're out. gonna find not only that ha- that Giannis is very handsome, but he's also a great photographer. Yes. It's a it's an annoying combination, guys. Yes. So prepare to have your Instagram feed become almost as sexy as it would be if you if you follow both Kyle and Giannis on Instagram. Your yeah. Instagram feed might be too sexy, too sensual, which is interesting to say. By the way, uh, the one porn story at work that I wanted to tell at the beginning. Now that oh, we're thinking of go. too sensual, good is, note to end on. Good notes end on. We're gonna, we're bringing this back full circle. Uh, Twitter has this really really fucked up uh, uh, process in which it occasionally will show you the tweets that your friends, people you follow, have liked Correct. on Twitter. Yeah. Ooh, and there, I have no control, zero control over where or how this shows up in my feed. Uh-huh. Mm-hmm. I have plenty of friends who are interacting with porn on a regular basis. Really? And that shit has popped up on my feed at work twice. So you had so wait, you, you've had friends who have <laughs> so, so, <laughs> so you've had friends who you get the little notification that says blah and blah and blah no, have liked this tweet. No, no notification. Okay. Just going through my timeline oh. of tweets. It'll show tweets that my friends have, have liked. Right? It, not even retweeted. Just, just liked. liked. So it's like so-and-so liked this tweet and it's, of, it's like a just right. porn And gift. it's just but a, a there... tweet of like someone fisting an asshole. And you're like, what the <laughs> fuck was that? And then you look at it closer and little gray writing on a white background in the corner. It's yeah, like, it's like, you know, XXX or whatever has liked this tweet. Uh-huh. And I was like, fuck you guys. Yeah, well, but, but it's funny because it's like walking into the weekend like, fist <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was a funny that was me Thanks, uh, yeah, yeah the, so that was the only time that porn has shown up at my work it's, computer it's good that you work. though have i that's unique though because i i follow i follow porn stars on on instagram i don't really do twitter anymore but um but i i don't do the likes thing i don't want people to know what i like specific Bro. things or that it pop up in suggested things i don't like the tweets or the, uh, the things oh they they, who are these they people interact who like them i've I have at least two people who have flooded my my uh, <laughs> feed with porn. Yay. But it's interesting you should say that uh, because... You're oh, going man. to name them now. No, I wish it was still... So Greg Glassman used to have a dead 
Oh no, his tw- okay. His so Greg Glassman have a dead daughter, but he brought her back. No, back. okay. So Greg Glassman currently, if you go on to at uh, CrossFit CEO, zero following. Uh-huh. Uh, his Twitter though, up until recently when it got purged, he was only following like six accounts. Uh-huh. All six of them were like porno accounts. Were really one hundred. All six really? of them were porno accounts, yep. and it was awesome. Really, it was awesome. Well, I, I knew that he wish. was. You told told me previously that he was following porn accounts. I just assumed that they were buried in like a hundred different things. He no, was only he was following only following porn did accounts. No one tell him that that's how it works. <laughs> no, that? no. What? Who? What the fuck does he give a shit about? Uh. What the fuck does he give a shit about? It was. It's so good. I wish. I wish I had taken a screenshot. That's exactly the type of thing that I should be taking screenshots of. That I have. Not not taking any screenshots of but uh there you go man i yeah. mean that's that's the beauty of it mm-hmm. anyway you can find me at arm and hammer tv uh thank you so much everybody for listening and uh catch up on heat watch heat we're going to be talking a lot about michael mann's heat starring al pacino val kilmer robert de niro uh and if next you like week. dope masculine stuff you'll be into this movie fuck yeah you will yeah fuck i can't yeah, wait to will. fail this homework assignment it's gonna be great oh. <laughs> all right chase guys. you're gonna watch it you're gonna love it we'll yeah. catch you next week later later